Alrighty, beautiful. Uh, first one we're going to cover today, David. So the Westpac Melbourne Institute Index of Consumer Sentiment, they basically do a tracking of Westpac customers, among others, to survey and record confidence levels of consumers. So in September, that index fell 1.5% to 79.7 points, down from 81 points in August. So there's obviously different factors or different segments of that confidence index that all contribute to that top number that they they record, which was 79.7. So there was a lift in confidence for mortgage holders, um, especially because a lot of people that are on a mortgage maybe weren't feeling super confident about their mortgage and the state of it based on uh, the environment we had early this year when the rate, the official cash rate was rising. So if you yeah. had a mortgage, according to the Westpac index, you are more likely to have low confidence in the fact that maybe your mortgage was becoming more and more unaffordable and you were going to have uh-huh. to tighten the belt or or figure out other ways to make your payments. But it was offset. That increase in mortgage confidence was offset by decreasing confidence in people renting, especially uh, as well as those who own their homes outright. Those were down 6.1% and 5.8% respectively. So they started doing this survey every month way back in 1974. Um, and uh-huh. since the survey started back then, the only comparable period to where we're at right now in terms of consumer confidence levels being this low was during a recession in the early 1990s when levels yeah. were even weaker and held there for more than two years. So when sort of asking the people surveyed and the customers surveyed what topics were most interest to them in September, 53% named inflation, 34% said budget and taxation, 34% also said economic conditions, interest rates accounted for 25%, and employment was 23% of people. I'm not exactly sure how they they rank all that because just basic maths, that that doesn't add up to 100% all of those numbers. Um, but um, yeah, like... It's, it, we'll talk about it later again when we talk about some other spending insights index from Commonwealth Bank, which is another big four bank that does similar tracking to Westpac. But I'm sure that most of the listeners can attest to it that things in the economy are getting more expensive. Fuel is super expensive right now. Going out to dinner is seemingly getting more expensive people's rent or mortgages, unless you're on a fixed rate, is getting more expensive. So when all of the things that you have to pay for are getting a lot more expensive, you tend to tighten the belt on the things that are a choice to be buying. So like I've myself started buying coffee beans and then having coffee at home rather than going to a cafe every day just to cut that cost. So yeah, I wondered your thoughts on that one before we move on. Yeah. So look, with, with that thing of the you know the topics of most interest around inflation, budget taxation, um, a lot of those results would be because people are given a number of options. You know, you could tick tick a couple of options. So um, yeah, if they said, you know, are you concerned about the following ten things, and you tick the couple, so that's probably how that come about. Look, no, no real surprise. Um, yeah, hopefully the RBA is seeing these figures and going, look, we've probably done enough on the interest rate front. Um, some of the banks have started dropping their fixed rates. So they're obviously starting to think that rates may have peaked and a, and a, you know, may drop over the coming period. So, um, yeah, but look, no no real surprise there. Yeah, it's it's been a t- difficult time. You know, if, you're, if you've got a mortgage or you're an investor, 
you know, your interest rate's gone up 4%. If you're a renter, your rent has gone up significantly, um, you know, 10, 20%. Um, you know, a lot of investors and mortgage holders, their repayments have doubled. So, you know, they might have been paying 1500 a month for their mortgage, now they're paying three grand. So everyone's everyone's feeling the pinch. There's some that some people that aren't. Um, you know, people probably over sixty who were getting zero percent or you know getting nothing on their savings um, during the pandemic, who are now getting good returns. You know, they're living it up and and exploring the world in Australia. And if you know if you're living at home, you're probably doing all right as well. But um, yeah, look, all you can do is control what you can control and. Um, yeah, I'd be with with sort of coffee and that sort of stuff. For for some people, your, your daily coffee is more about being social with people and getting a bit of a mental health break. So I'd be um, yeah looking at where you can trim back without sort of impacting other areas of your life. But um, you know, if you're getting Uber Eats um, once or twice a week, maybe drop it back to once or twice a fortnight and um, you know cook something up. Yeah, it's yeah. There's there's plenty of things you can do if you go through. You know, get the get the four coloured pen. Get your bank statements and your credit card statements and your after pays and your zip pays and your all the other credit facilities you've got and go through where you spend your money and you'll probably find you can save. You know, most people could probably save fifty bucks a week or a month reasonably easily. So yeah, just yeah, you know, just do your best. Commonwealth Bank does another similar index called the Household Spending Insights Index. Um, it's almost like political programs that people come up with, right? Like they just come up with a fancy name for doing similarly mm. something, so, sorry, doing something basically the same as another bank, right, Dave? But yeah. um, so they're tracking for August for the spending insights rose by 0.7% in seasonally adjusted terms. The annual growth, though, is slowing down. It's only up 2.3% year on year and sort of some comments from the Commonwealth Bank and their data is basically collected by all of their Commonwealth Bank customers. They grab yeah. all the data of all their customers and how they spend their money and release that data um, to the public to let people know how people are tracking. So. Um, yeah. they've, they've noted that spending remains subdued, especially as people are managing a cost of living crisis. Uh, they expect household spending to continue to weaken uh, for the rest of 2023 into 2024, and they expect the RBA to cut the official cash rate starting in March or May of next year. Um, they did want to note that there was a bunch of spending categories that actually saw increases in the last month. Uh, including education spending on the uptick, especially because we've got more international uni students entering the country. Uh, the the cost of an increased spending in higher transport costs obviously came around because we had a lot more rising petrol prices. And there was a bump in recreational spending and activity spending based on the timing of the FIFA Women's World Cup going on. So there were some points where spending was higher but in other spots, spending was a lot lower. Um, things like travel bookings, cruise lines and accommodation also drove up spending. And based on a few pieces of data I was reading today, Dave, it looks like yeah. um, the spending habits of teenagers, you know, like if you've got a bank account, you're like 15 to 18 or 19, your spending hasn't really been too badly affected from what I read today. 
people in their yeah. 20s up to like their mid 30s their spending is being dropped down a lot more and then the the category of like 35 and up is 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 cutting back on spending but not as much as that 20 to 35 range um that was yeah. an abs data point i saw today so um obviously if you're like if you own more of your house outright or you've paid off your mortgage you're not as you're not as affected by or concerned by cost of living pressures and all that because your single biggest expense tends to be your rent or your mortgage. And when those are yeah. out of the way, your disposable income tends to be a lot higher. Uh, there's obviously mm-hmm. exceptions to that, but that seems to be the pattern. So obviously if you've got a mortgage or you're renting and you're in that age group, you might be affected worse. But I wanted your thoughts on yeah. that one as well. Yeah. And look, people, people who at the moment don't have a mortgage or don't pay rent probably during the GFC or during the recession that we had to have in the 90s, they were probably in the group of people that were struggling. So it's just everyone struggles at different times. It's just now it's someone else's turn because, you know, that's just um, the circle of life. So, you know, when I I remember um, a friend who bought a house in Sydney and, you know, interest rates went up to 17% in the um, 80s and both of them had to get second jobs and they were really struggling and they were earning good money. So, you know, they were, they were, they were a group that was struggling then, you know, fast forward 25, 30 years, they're now not struggling because they struggled 20, 30 years ago. So but there's always going to be people that struggle. And, you know, one of the things that I remember one of the stats or some, one of the articles we had a while back when they talked about, you know, what's the main difference between a good and a not so good retirement and one of them is you know, being being in a house that you own or not having a mortgage. So, um, yeah, if if you're struggling at the moment, um, it may only be temporary, but mm. you're probably going to have to make some changes until um, until things settle down a bit. And with with say investors and property owners, when interest rates drop, which they will, they have to because you know we're in we are in a recession. You know we don't. Let's not sugarcoat it. The only reason we're not in, the only reason no one's calling out a recession is because um, we've got so many, we've had a million migrants come into the country and they're propping up spending. So, you know, per capita spending is down. So we're in recession. So yeah. there you go. Um, but yeah, so that doesn't help if, you know, so when, when interest rates go down, you may have, um, you know, some people's mortgages will go down because, you know, they'll refinance or the, they'll be on a ver- variable rate and it'll it'll drop. Um, but if you're renting, your rent may not necessarily go down as quickly. So, um, you know, if there, we've, we sort of talked before, Damo, about if you're going to be renting for a while, one of the things you may want to do is lock in a longer-term lease at a lower, int- at a lower uh, rent because, you know, I was looking at a client's info today and they changed tenants um, costed me like about 700 bucks just to get a new tenant. So you don't want to be losing a tenant because it you know, can be a week to two or two weeks rent. So, um, yeah. Look, and, you know, and if you need help with any of this stuff, um, yeah, send, give us a shout. Yeah. So the last one for me was an Arjun Paliwal thing. So Arjun Paliwal, uh, I think he's co founder or maybe the founder of Investikit. They are a buyer's agency. Uh, over in Sydney, they also do really, really, really in-depth data analysis of property markets across the country. 
They do some interesting articles. It's mostly, I think it's basically all free over on the Investor Kit website. So I thought we'd share a few of the stats from their housing market analysis for the financial year uh, 2023 to 24 and sort of what what sort of things are going on in the country right now. So um, he, he noted that uh, in the 10 months to February 2023, Australian dwelling values across the country, um, basically a combined average, uh, went down 9.1%. Uh, but we've since seen a 4.1% recovery in the five months since that, that date. Uh, in terms of housing fundamentals, household income rose 3.7% in the year to March 2023, which is the highest growth in household incomes since September 2012. Uh, sorry, we have really low unemployment rate at the moment with a tight labour market, but we've also got high inflation. As In terms of household savings, one of the more uh, stress, the biggest stress points at the moment is, is in household savings. So as of the March quarter of 2023, the household savings ratio is 3.7%, which is the lowest level since June 2008, which is around the GFC. So if mortgage stress increases and mortgages get more expensive, people are slowly going to be eating into their household savings to make repayments because they'll be losing money to make their repayments and keep their house. Um at the moment, the delinquency rate across all the banks in Australia is 1.4%. So that's the percentage of home loans that are in 30-day arrears or more. And it's been slowly increasing for the last five consecutive months. So it's still a really low number. 1.4% is quite a low delinquency rate, but it's been rising consistently for five months. So it's something. it's not something to lose your hair about where the market's going to crash or some shit. But it's it's worth keeping an eye on that it has been rising. Um, in terms of rental affordability, which is the second last point, like um, rental affordability, which is uh, the idea that it, it equals the portion of income required on average to service the new rent or median rent. It's close to a high from 2013 numbers. It's sitting at 30.8% as of April 2023, which is the most recent data point. So on average, to service a new rent, you're you're using 30.8% of your income to service a, a, a week's rent. It's close to a high, as I said, from 2013. Um, I guess supply is the last one. Um, supply of housing over... Over July 2023, total listings, so properties available for sale on the market, is down minus 30.4% compared to July 2019. Uh, over a 10-year average, it's down 37.4% compared to 10 years ago. So there's a huge shortage of properties available on the market to buy compared to three years ago, four years ago, sorry, and, and 10 years ago as well. So that's sort of maybe one of the reasons where people think we're not having a property crash is because there's not that many properties for sale that would devalue all the properties at once, you know? But I wondered your thoughts on that yeah. one. Yeah, look, the, the main one that was missing out of this, which I think is um, key, is the average, the average size of households now. Like I remember reading somewhere that prior to COVID, you know, the average number of people in the house, something like 3.4 or something. Now it's around 2.6 or 2.7. So it's, you know, so rather than having, you know, 100 houses have 30 people in them, 
now 100 houses have 24 people in them, which means when you when you extrapolate that across um, the country, means it's it's taken. We need about an extra 180,000 houses or properties to house the same number of people that we had. Now, then you open up the borders and you know, flood flood the population with, with um, you know, people from overseas to come fill jobs and, and that sort of stuff, which, you know, we sort of need to do. But, um, yeah, there's it's no real surprise we're in the mess we're in. Um, you know, people like Simon Presley in October 2020 were saying we're going to have the biggest housing boom in a long time and that rents are going to go through the roof. Um, no one was listening to Simon when he was saying what the um, what he thought the solutions were. Um, yeah, we've got the Housing Australia Future Fund, which is going to build 30,000 properties in the next five years, so long as the 10 bill that the government invests earns a 5% return after fees. Um, like... It's yeah. It's like an it's like an episode of Utopia. It's um. But anyway, it is what it is. What it is, and yeah, you know, as we talk about all the time, like my favourite subject in the world is reality. And the reality is, if you're renting and you're going to be renting for a while, you really need to be locking in a longer term lease, in my opinion, to make sure that in a year's time your rent doesn't go up ten percent. Mm. Um, if you're if you've got a loan. Make sure you're talking to your lender to make sure you're on the best deal. If you don't, ring us and we'll help you. And if you're looking to buy a property, like the the stat you mentioned before, Damo, about some of the lenders thinking that um, rates will drop around the 19 March RBA board meeting next year, could could happen. Um, there's a lot of people sitting on the fence still worried, you know, a lot of chicken littles who are thinking, oh, the, you know, the sky's going to fall in. When rates do start dropping, the property market's just going to go up again. So um, that's just the reality. Um, <clears throat> like you may not like it, but that's just the reality. So you can either get with reality or um, put your head in the sand. But yeah, the, yeah, you know, all those all those figures that you mentioned from Arjun's team, you know, just just sort of cries out to me that property's just going to keep going going up in value. Yeah, just just a couple of things. Um, time frame for buying a property. Unfortunately, it takes a while to get approved for a loan in the current current environment. Um, people are probably aware that ASIC has written to the banks, basically saying, you know, be careful with who you're lending to and if people are struggling, you know, you're expected to support them and that sort of thing. So with interest rates rising, banks are being more thorough in their examination of people. And yeah, if you want to buy a property in say a month's time, you need to get pre-approved first. Like we had, we had clients who saw me on a Friday to have a preliminary chat, um, saw a place on the Saturday, made an offer subject to finance, and even though their offer was twenty grand above the offer that got accepted, they missed out because the other people were finance approved. So it takes a good month to get approved for finance with a good lender that's going to give you a good interest rate. If anyone's telling you they can get you approved in a week, be a bit careful because we can we can get you approved in a week, but the interest rate's not going to be that great. So there's a lot of there's a lot to it. You know, we're introducing you to potentially a new bank because it may not be the bank you're with now. Yeah, you know, we need employment history, savings record, rental history, 
you know, credit reports, um, pay slips, all that sort of stuff. We need to go through that, make sure it's okay. Um, if it's not, let you know what you need to do to make it over, make it okay, and then get the application in. And some lenders are taking up to two weeks to approve. So just just sort of factor that in. In this, you know, you'll see ads on TV saying, you know, get approved for home loan in the time it takes to do a pasta. That might be right if you're if you've got great incomes and great equity and great savings. But for most people, it's not. So just um, just be careful with that one. We, we talked about the rate cuts. Yeah, that's with AMP and CBA saying that they think rates could um, could drop from March next year. A couple of things around, I mentioned before that fixed interest rates, a few of those are dropping. Um, one of the big four dropped their one, two and three year fixed rates this morning. Um, other banks have dropped their fixed rates over the last year, or uh, sorry, the last week or two. With fixing your rate, the key thing is how comfortable are you with your repayment level? So if you're making X in repayments per month and you're going, look, I can handle that, but I don't really want it to go any higher, mm. that's when you might look to fix because it's not about trying to guess if rates are going to go up and down. Uh, the banks, I think, between them made $35 or $40 billion last half. Mm. So they're pretty good at getting it right. So yeah, if you're looking to fix, our view is that variable is probably the better option for a lot of people. And you know, this is not financial advice. This is just our general opinion on what we think. Because you know, if you look, if you look at like the Shane Olivers and the people from CBA who um, are paid to sort of predict this stuff, they're all thinking that rates might drop from March next year. So if they do, and you're locked in for a, an extended period. Yeah, you may not. It may not be a good thing if you're only doing it because you think you might make save some money. But if it is, you're on a if you've got a repayment level and you're happy with that and go, look, I don't really want it to go any higher, and I'm willing to to wear it if it goes lower. Well, fixing could be an option. Speaking from personal experience, towards the end of last year, I feel like, or maybe not the end of last year. Sorry, maybe like midway through this year. I had seen that since I got my home loan at the start of this year, my interest rate just kept going up each month. And it was yep. getting to a point where I was seeing, okay, if I start having to pay more than this amount that I've got right now, I'm just not going to have a ton of money left over to still mm. sort of have a life. Yes. Um. So I just thought, okay, Maybe rates will go down as soon as I fix this, but I would rather just cop it if it does, right? Because it was like you said, certainty of payment. So I've fixed at a rate that I'm happy with, with a with a, yes. a payment, a repayment each month that I'm happy and comfortable with. And I figure if rates go up more, great. That means I've I've kept myself safe. If it goes down, that's annoying. But I've just made a habit that each month I get paid. I have the money ready for the monthly repayment. I have a lot of money. I have money left over for, you know, having a life and a social life. If I still want to go out with friends, I have the money to do it. But yep. I try to send 50 bucks a month to the home loan to just slowly pay. You know, I would, I'd like to try and just slowly have paid money in advance to the loan above what, yep. what is the minimum repayment. So I think there's like, $100, $150 extra 
paid down on the balance that I've paid as extra repayments over what my minimum repayment is. So you can still pay down the loan more than what your minimum repayment is if you want. You know, that's sort of yeah. what I'm doing at least while I'm fixing yeah, no, the no, rates. And that, so. that's the thing, as, as I said, like you were in the position where you thought, hey, I don't want it going up anymore. So I'm happy just to, you know, de-stress my life. And, yeah, because, you know, if rates had gone up another one or two times, um, it, you know, you could have been in mortgage stress. So, um, and the other thing you've done is you've looked at your budget, you've looked at, you know, things you can do, and that's what that's what you need to do. The A lot of people love change so long as it doesn't apply to them. Uh, unfortunately, you've got to adapt to your circumstances and a bit like if you're a little bit overweight, you've got to cut down on your food. So if your expenses are a bit high and you're struggling to um, get the you know, get what you need, um, you need to look at what you can do to make it change because no one's going to change it for you um, as much as um, that might be um, something that we all don't like. But anyway, in regard to auction clearance rates, so they're still reasonably solid. Um yeah, we're finding Sydney's rates just over 70, Melbourne's just under 60, Adelaide's still pretty strong, high 70s, um, Brisbane's a bit all over the shop, and uh, Canberra doesn't really have that bigger auction market. So, yeah, there's still still plenty of people going to auction uh, on places. Um, Melbourne's always had, had lots of auctions. We've got a client who's looking at um, buying a place north of Melbourne, about 30 k's north, and... Um, yeah, there's a couple of places coming up there and they're all going to auction. So, um, yeah, it's a reasonably strong market. Um, the only thing I was just going to mention, uh, Damo, we've had a, um, a friend of ours is a real estate agent and um, he mentioned to me that he's getting quite a lot of work from people who are over 60 that want to downsize. And that's people who, you know, they've, they've, got, they've got good equity in their house or they own their house and it's just getting too big and it's falling down around them. And, you know, there's a lot of rub, a lot of stuff there that they need to get rid of. So he's, you know, helping those people like declutter their house and tidy it up and get it on the market. And then, you know, they can, um, you know, sell the property and, you know, maybe go rent somewhere while they work out where they want to buy or, or whatever. Or, you know, they might move they might move locations or they might stay local or, or whatever. So with... Um, yeah, there's plenty of options. Like if you if you're a younger person, and you're, you're listening to this, um, and your mum and dad are in that position. Um, yeah, there's plenty of options for downsizing um, and you know freeing up cash if you've got extra money. And yeah, you know, if you if you're in a house worth a million and a half and you want to spend eight hundred on a house um, that you downsize to, well, yeah, that'll free up a lot of cash for. Mm. Um, for parents to have a bit of retirement or to um you know help their kids or you know live a better lifestyle. So if you know if that's if that's your parents, um we can sort of take them through the uh, finance options and then um yeah certainly help them out if uh, if they need it. Yeah, okay. Easy. Is that it? You want to head out with that one then? Um yeah there was one um other thing I was going to mention but I just can't remember what it was now. So that that'll probably do it. Damo, um, you're a great son. Oh, that Thanks. just goes. That just Thanks, that just Dave. goes without saying. Man, I I, I I work real hard at that. Yeah, I think I get sick and tired of everyone telling me that. But exactly. um, yeah, how lucky I am. But um, yeah, with just you know, if you need help, sing out. Um, you know, we can sort of help you through. Um, 
if you if things aren't working for you, yeah, we might have to make a few adjustments. Yeah, change is hard. If ch- change was easy, everybody would be doing it. So um, yeah, if you need help, sing out. Don't be afraid to ask help. If you if you're in a like if you're in a loan and um, yeah, it's just getting out of control. Um, chat to your lender or chat to your broker. There's lots of things you can do. So um, yeah, but if you need help, yeah, we're happy to help anytime. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you're if you're struggling and you need some help or just a little bit of direction of where to go next. You can look up, look us up on Google, type in Money Saver Home Loans and you'll find our website. MoneySaverHomeLoans.com.au is the best way to do that. You can go to our Facebook page. It's a similar thing, MoneySaverHomeLoans.com.au and you should find us there too. And uh, that's it. Have a lovely week. Listen to the podcasts that have been released. We got one with Victoria Costa from Credit Fix Solutions, which is a real rags to riches story. She started a business out of her housing commission flat in uh, in Sydney somewhere, I think Parramatta, she said, and now runs a pretty successful business that has been going on for over 10 years. Super lovely lady and explains to you how credit scores affect your life, how they affect your ability to get finance, how it affects your ability to get a phone plan or a car loan and all that interesting stuff. So if you want to check that out, it's on the it's on the channel. If you think this stuff is useful to you and you have any friends that also want to hear it, please share it around and have a good week and we'll talk to you next time.